straight into the message this morning. The title of the message this morning is Faithful You Are and Faithful You Will Be. Faithful You Are and Faithful You Will Be. You can turn so long to Psalm 36 and we'll get there in a few moments time. If you're joining us on this broadcast, as a church we are celebrating our 11th birthday celebration. It's a sight, an exciting day for us. We can hardly believe it's 11 years, and I felt a sense that we needed to speak about God's faithfulness today. I went back and looked at the last 10 years, and each year what I have shared on, uh, on the given Sundays of our birthday celebrations, shared on a variety of things, but this is the first time that on the birthday celebration, we're speaking God's faithfulness. And so the aim of the message is that you and I would walk out of here praising God and glorifying God for His faithfulness. And as we together enjoy a braai afterwards, it would be lovely if that word faithfulness or God's faithfulness would be coming out of your lips today. Choose Life has so much to be grateful for, and God has done, and I use this intentionally, a wondrous work. God has done a wondrous work over the past 11 years, and we want to say that all the glory and all the honor belongs to the Lord Jesus. Let's look at Psalm 36. Looking at five verses, verse five to verse 10, it's a beautiful psalm talking of God and his, his greatness, and it says in Psalm 36, five, your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your, what's that next word? Faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep, O Lord. You preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life. Many people are looking in all the wrong places for the fountain of life. Ricky Martin was singing a song years ago about the cup of life. I want to tell you where the fountain of life, the cup of life is found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright in heart. But that first verse, I love it. It says, your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Say this after me. Your faithfulness, your faithfulness reaches, to the clouds. reaches to the clouds. Now all together, your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. What a beautiful picture the psalmist is giving. Point number one of four things that I'd like to say. Number one, God's faithfulness goes beyond our understanding. 
And I mean that when, when I say that and base it also out of Scripture. So I love this phrase in verse 5 which says, Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. I love that picture that's created. And you know that clouds are among the highest objects in our world. In our world around us that we can experience, clouds are really up there. Unless it's low on table mountain, the tablecloth, etc. But generally, clouds are up there. They tower high above us and they are reaching into the very heavens. And the writer of the psalm here is David. And what David is doing is he's trying to show you, he's trying to show me just how big his faithfulness is. And sometimes you can just read through that verse and it's just like you glance on and on to the next one. But do you get a hold of what the psalmist is trying to say? He's trying to say that the faithfulness of God is big. It's really big. And I would venture to say that David was a man who had experienced the faithfulness of God. He knew it, I believe, by experiential knowledge. And it meant so much to him that he decided he wants to write this down. He's going to write this psalm. He's going to write it down. I don't know what he would write it down. Maybe old papyrus paper and a feather with some ink or some, some, I don't know what. Somebody came to me after the first service. They said, David wrote on a tablet. (laughs) Okay. He may have written on a tablet. Thanks, Bruce, for that one. (laughs) Tablets have been around for years. Yeah. And so here he's trying to describe it. He's trying to bring it across. And even today, the word of God is trying to bring it across to you today. It's trying to make you realize, do you realize God's faithfulness is big? It reaches to the heavens. It reaches to the clouds. I want to ask you this question. Do you believe that God's faithfulness is big? I believe God's faithfulness is big. Let me tell you, at the age of 23, my world was rocked. 23 years old, only been married for a year, my world was rocked. My father passed away all of a sudden. He was only 57. He just died of heart failure, fell over and collapsed, and there my dad was gone. And here the church that he had led for over 34 years was left dazed by the events that had unfolded. And our family was left in a very precarious, in a shaky position. I'll tell you really and truly, our world was rocked because of the implications of all of this and what it meant. But in that time, we can honestly say, I can say that I began to sense that God was carrying me with his faithfulness. As a family, we began to see it. We began to realize it. We began to speak about it, that God is faithfully carrying us. And I can remember this phrase coming out of my mouth. And I said it to a few people. I said, I know that God is faithful. Before I might have known it because of scripture and yes, and I believe scripture and all of that. But here I came to a place of experiential knowledge. I said, it doesn't matter what you say to me. I know. I know through experience he's faithful. How many of you say you know through experience that God is faithful? Wow, look at all those hands. That is wonderful. Isaiah 54 verse 10 says, For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake. What's that? Your world being rocked. 
But my loving kindness, perhaps you could say my faithfulness, will not be removed from you. And my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. What a God. How secure we are in Him. I believe that we've only understood a fraction about God's faithfulness and the vast wonder of just how faithful He is is yet to be understood. I believe He is more faithful than you and I think He is. I believe He's more faithful than what we give Him credit for. Uh, we're kind of scratching on the surface, but His faithfulness, the psalmist was trying to describe it here. He's far more faithful than we think. And in verse 5, in the voice version or translation, this is what it says. It says, your love, O eternal God, towers into the heavens. And then it says, even the skies, listen, even the skies are lower than your faithfulness. So the faithfulness of God and even the skies are lower. I want to say that this local church, Choose Life Church, we together have a testimony of the faithfulness of the Lord. You are part of this miracle. You are sitting in the testimony of God's faithfulness. I think of our beginnings in 2005, September 2005. There we were renting a cinema, could see 250 people. But you know what? We didn't get it in a clean condition. The 10 o'clock show the night before, they didn't clean up afterwards. We had to come in, a team, Rodney and a bunch of others and Tony, etc. They headed up this team to come in and clear all the junk. And let me tell you, uh, moviegoers can make quite a mess. So here, there's the cleaning of this popcorn and all the mess and putting up lights and carrying out equipment. And, and this is now right at the start of the church and it feels somewhat overwhelming. We didn't have any staff in place, not all that much help at our disposal. We didn't have a property of our own. And we didn't know if the church was gonna succeed. And we were facing criticism from some people about what we were doing. And, and here we needed 60,000 rand to buy equipment. And I can remember as a task team, we got on our knees before the Lord and we said, God, please, God, we need 60,000 rand, 62,000 for the, for the equipment, the sound equipment, and for the keyboard. Please, would you provide it? And you know what God provided faithfully? He has the keyboard still today. <laughs> But I think of those early days, and, and it wasn't easy, and, and what was God going to do? And I think of 11 years later where the Lord has brought us to, and today we are blessed to have incredible church facilities, a church complex with many different halls and 42 offices and all sorts of things that the Lord has given. He's given us additional properties for future growth and development. There are more than 3,000 people that call this place home that are active members in the church. We have over 30 staff members. We have many ministries that have become very effective in what they do. We have television broadcasting, which is touching two continents. Can you believe that? The church has become like a lighthouse in the city. And most importantly, so many people have gotten saved 
have gotten baptized and have gotten restored. And all we can say is that God is faithful. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. God is faithful. Come on, even a bigger hand. God is faithful. Faithful you are and faithful you will be. Lamentations 3 verse 22 says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And then look at this. Great is your faithfulness. Yet again, another scripture talking about the greatness of God's faithfulness. You would know the old hymn, I'm sure many of you would, called Great is Thy Faithfulness. Perhaps one of the most beautiful hymns ever to have been written. The main verse goes like this, great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow, listen to that, shadow of turning with thee. What's that mean? All I have needed, sorry, thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not, great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I remember talking to my dad one day, and I said, Lord, what, ah, Lord, dad, what's this thing about shadow of turning? What does it mean? There's no shadow of turning. He said, what you do is you think of a sundial. With a sundial, as the, the sun is moving in relation to the earth, the shadow moves and changes on that sundial, and it can be able to tell you what time of the day it is. And he says, but he said to me, but with God, there is never a shadow in the first place, and there's no shadow of turning. In other words, it's saying God is consistently faithful. He has been faithful, and He forever will be faithful. There's no shadow of turning. And I want to tell you, that's encouraging as you face the future. God's faithfulness in your life into the future, there's no shadow of turning. He will be consistently faithful. Hallelujah. Point number two. God's faithfulness is from generation to generation. Won't you say that with me? God's faithfulness is from generation to generation. Psalm 119 is on your screen, verse 89 to 91. It says, your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Then, your, what's that word? Faithfulness continues through all generations. Is that possible? continues through all generations. You have, uh, you established the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day for all things serve you. Now what's important to understand is that the context of the scripture is essentially saying God is in charge. God rules and reigns. You have to be in charge and to rule and reign in order to extend faithfulness into subsequent generations. Because of God's rulership and his dominion and authority, he can extend, he can release his faithfulness to subsequent generations. You and I, we can't really do that. You can write a will and hope that when you die that they execute your will. But God is still in charge outside of our time and space, and he can ensure that to subsequent generations that the faithfulness will be extended. That's why it's important for you to pray for your subsequent generations, to pray for your little grandchildren, maybe that are yet to be born, because God will extend faithfulness to them. Amen. Now, 
you have maybe, you might be sitting here today and maybe you've come from successive generations of Christians. Not only you have been a believer, but perhaps your parents have as well, your grandparents, maybe even your great-grandparents. Uh, if you have come from successive generations, at, at least you're not just the only generation, but before you, there has been before, raise a hand if you have uh, a heritage like that. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord for that. And he's faithful to all generations. He was faithful to you even before you were born. Is anybody pregnant here today? I want to tell you that child that is within your womb, he's already faithful to that child from generation to generation. Or you might be sitting here and you are the first person in your family line to be converted. Well, now the blessing starts. Now the faithfulness starts. Now the covenant of faithfulness and the covenant of peace starts. And it can continue to subsequent generations. Let me tell you, there's a responsibility on you and I. This is it. We have to tell of God's faithfulness. That's what the scripture says. You need to tell your children of God's faithfulness. You need to tell your family of God's faithfulness. Sometimes your children don't know some of those things that happened in your life before they were born and you've never actually told them. We need to tell them. Tell of God's faithfulness. How many of you remember Derek Prince? A wonderful teacher of the word and Derek Prince, he was remarkable in terms of his teaching ability. They said to him close to the end of the life of his life, they said, Derek, would you tell us, give us one quote that we can hang on to as a, as a remembrance of something that you said, one quote about God. And he said the following, he said, God is faithful. Now I find that interesting. A man who had devoted his life to studying the word of God, who was a theologian in that sense, who had studied and taught so much about the word of God that he would say the following, that he would say, this is how you sum it up, God is faithful. I wonder how do you sum up the awesome God that we serve, and that's one of the ways that you can do it. How do you sum it up? Say it with me, God is faithful. His faithfulness should be on our lips. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, the, what's that word? Faithful God. God, you're faithful. Who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. For those who love Him and keep His commandments. Notice the, th the phrase, a thousand generations. Isn't that amazing? He has the power to extend it to a thousand generations. And you know what? As we look over time and over history, God has proven himself faithful over and over again. Let me give you a few biblical examples. God proved that he was faithful to Daniel in the lion's den. God was faithful to Noah in saving him and his family. He was faithful to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He was faithful to Jonah in the belly of the whale. He was faithful to the Israelites in the wilderness. He was faithful. He was faithful to Esther in delivering her and his chosen people. He was faithful to David when Saul tried to kill him, take out his life. God was faithful to Paul as he was shipwrecked and God showed his faithfulness in that situation. And God has been faithful throughout all generations and he is faithful to you today. 
Why don't you say to the person next to you, faithful to all generations. Tell them that. Faithful to all generations. Number three, God's faithfulness will not allow us to be tested beyond what we can bear. Very important scripture from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Sometimes when we go through things, Temptation and testing, we think we're the only one. You're not the only one. (laughs) We're all facing these things, but when it happens, it says, but God is faithful, who will not allow. Hear that? He will not allow. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And with the temptation, he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, this is, actually, it's a very important Christi- uh, a principle for every Christian to understand. And this is it. Listen carefully. God will never allow anything to come your way which is unbearable. He will never allow anything to come your way which will just crush and destroy you. He loves you too much to ever let that happen. He says, I won't test you beyond what you can bear. And even in the testing, God's bringing forth Christ-like character in you. And it's a good thing. And the Bible says, count it all joy when we face these tests and different things like that. But God will not allow it to go beyond what is bearable. This is important to understand. You might be sitting here today and you say, John, I, I think I'm excluded from that because what I'm facing is so severe. You don't understand what I'm facing. What I'm facing is really unbearable. And I want to say, no, 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 it's not. God's grace is sufficient for you. And his strength and his, his, his perfection will be made perfect in your weakness. And so you might think that you're going through it and it's unfair, but I want to tell you that God will never allow us to go through that beyond what he can bear. And the important verse, word in that verse is this. But God is faithful. He is so faithful, sir, ma'am, that he is even carrying you at many points in your life. He's just lifting you. He's carrying you. He's demonstrating his faithfulness to you. Even today, I believe even under the sound of my voice, you are being carried by the faithfulness of God. And that's our heavenly father. That's the God I serve. He is a good, good father. Can I hear an amen? Now, there's a song that you may have heard some years ago. It's called, What a Faithful God Have I. If you've heard that, raise a hand if that's you. Very interesting. It was written by a man by the name of Robert Critchley. But when he wrote it is significant because he wrote it just after his little child had died prematurely. He must have been in anguish of soul. But yet in the midst of that, something beautiful came out. He began to experience God's faithfulness so much so that he was being carried by God. And he wrote this beautiful song that touched many nations of the world. God's ways are not our ways. He works in ways with his tremendous wisdom. But I want to say to you, even in the testing that you go through, God will provide a way of escape, and you too can come out with a song simply because he is faithful. Point number four, my last point. God's faithfulness 
is here for you right now. Please say that with me. God's faithfulness is here for you right now. And in other words, what I'm trying to bring across is that it is dispensed to you today. It is dispensed on a regular basis. His, his mercies are new every morning. His faithfulness is new every morning. Receive it afresh. Delight in it afresh. And I almost want to say, draw on his faithfulness. I think of those silos that are on the screen. And uh, let's say that those are grain silos. What happens? The truck goes and parks underneath, and they open the hatch or whatever, and the truck just gets filled with grain. And I believe that that's the way God works. He wants us to receive from Him. He responds to hunger. He responds to desire. He responds to thirsting. And maybe today what you're doing, even by sitting here today, is you're saying, oh, yes, Lord, I draw upon your faithfulness. I take away those hindrances. I stand under your provision, and I receive your faithfulness in my life. Because let me tell you, you are the intended recipient of his faithfulness. If it's not for you and for me as children of God, then who is it for? You are the intended recipient of God's faithfulness. Draw on it today. It says in Psalm 31, verse 19, it says, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared, that laid up and that prepared. Doesn't that sound like those uh, grain silos laid up that you have prepared for those who trust in you? And so I want to encourage you today, and I want to say that it's true. God has stored up goodness for you. He stored up faithfulness for you. And here we are today just reminding ourselves of how good God is and how faithful He is, and we are drawing. Would you, in your spirit, just draw on the faithfulness of God? Draw on the faithfulness of God. You might say, but John, what if I've been unfaithful to God? Well, the Scripture says in 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Please put that scripture on the screen. If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself fundamentally at his DA level, if I can put it that way. It's faithfulness. If you could put God under a microscope and look at his blood, so to speak, it would go faithful. Woo, woo, faithful, faithful. <laughs> faithful you are. And faithful you will be. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Nobody leaving at this point, would you please stand as we make a declaration? And Saskia, you can get ready to just uh, share a thing or two about the, the practical arrangements. I'd like to invite you to make a declaration based on what we've said here this morning. Would you say this out aloud after me with faith in your heart? I declare, I declare my, God is my God is faithful. He's never forsaken me, and He never will. His faithfulness reaches to the clouds, it reaches to a thousand generations. His goodness is stored up for me. And today, I draw upon his faithfulness in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all say aloud, amen and amen. Hallelujah.